This episode is brought to you by Snoop Dogg and his legendary quote in California Girls, Bikinis, zucchinis, martinis, no weenies, just a king and a queen. Welcome to the Stefan Dyer Podcast, my people. Hello, my people. Today's guest is Gavin Baines. He is a performance coach for high performers, athletes, entrepreneurs, salespeople, and teams. He has coached thousands of people all over the world and helped them unlock their own unique, personal, and fulfilling narrative. As Gavin says, his purpose is to empower others to be and operate at their peak potential. What I like him is that he is 100% himself. You'll see it. He is super authentic. He'll tell you straight up, cut the crap and be awesome. He sounds like Aziz Ansari and Jerry Seinfeld combined. And I mean, man, this episode is an absolute masterclass on life. Warning, there is some coarse language and killer quotes in this episode. So listener discretion is advised. You're probably listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but if you want to enjoy it even more, watch it on YouTube. The whole video is there. In fact, all the videos of all the episodes are on YouTube. I don't want you to subscribe. I don't want you to like or comment. I don't wanna I don't want people to see my YouTube. Do not search for Stefan Dyer or the Stefan Dyer podcast on YouTube. I hope reverse psychology works. Okay, perfect. Producer Narceliana, my wife and myself have been working really hard on YouTube and everything to bring you the best service. Okay, my people, let's get it. Let's get it popping. Please welcome and enjoy the great Gavin Baines. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, Gavin Baines, the unbreakable, the unmistakable, the highly capable Liverpool die-hard fan. I am a Barcelona die-hard oh. fan, and I am so happy to have you, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You make me blush, man. If you ever, when, when brown people <laughs> blush, we go purple. <laughs> I love it. Well, you're, you're drinking coffee or water out of a Liverpool mug. I read your LinkedIn description and you said Messi, LeBron James, and other high-performance yeah. athletes, they also have a coach. Yeah. And I've been talking about this for years. I grew up in Latin America where asking for help is kind of like for pussies. It's yeah. like asking for help is like, oh, you're weak. You yeah. need something. You're not enough. So for the longest time, and I'm not saying that I was raised in a poor manner. I had a great childhood, a great education, great parents. I moved around. I had the opportunity to to see other environments, which made me resilient. But I want to start off with that because your description says all athletes have a coach, especially if you're the best in the world. Think of Messi, LeBron James, Serena Williams. The list can go on. They all have coaches to support them in becoming better. And this is where I love it, okay? The coach is not better than them at their sport, but can help the athlete become better in their sport. Yeah, And to me, this is key because I never really liked asking for help. And now I have a running coach. I have a growth coach. I've, I read a lot of books. So in, in, in some ways, I have mentors that I haven't even met. I've had a comedy coach. I am a comedy coach myself, but I still take courses with other comedy coaches because you never stop learning. And I want to hear your opinion on, on why you wrote this because it struck with me intensely. Yeah, you know, I I started getting in coaching maybe in like my early 20s. And the thing that I got about coaching is like, and I have a coach too, right? So the thing yeah. about coaching is it's not like there's something wrong with you or, or you need to be fixed or anything like that. It's about how can you elevate and get better in life, yes. right? So yeah. my job as a coach is to take a look at blind spots 
uh, for my clients and begin to kind of be in the inquiry with them to see, okay, hey, why do you do that? Why do we do this? What can we do to get you better? The coach stands on the field, right? Yes. So when the coach stands on the field, the coach can see the whole perspective of the field. Whereas we're it's almost like the coaches in the balcony, almost they can see it from another direction. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're in the game, you can't, sometimes you can't see things that the coach may be able to see. So I work with businesses, you know, I even do like relationship, whatever it is, mindset coaching. I take a look back and look at what is, what can't that person see? And then how can I effectively communicate with them to elevate their performance? I noticed that because I read your LinkedIn bio. I probably know about yourself more than you know about yourself. Probably. <laughs> <my blind> <laughs> no, no, but you've been, you've been doing this for years and I've obviously already mentioned your bio in, in the, in the intro here, but you're a performance coach for high performers. So yeah. you're, 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 I consider myself a high performer. Now I want to work with you. Uh, entrepreneurs, salespeople and teams. And one of the reasons that you do, one of the things that you do is you empower others to be and operate at their peak potential. Immediately what I think is, okay, if there's someone like me, and I don't think that I'm cocky myself, but if you're talking to LeBron, which I don't think LeBron is cocky himself. Well, he has his yeah. cocky side, but sure. he spends over a million dollars in himself every year in just improving himself, all, all the coaches that you can imagine. How do you deal with people who may have been the best in their real estate business yeah. or the best in high school, the best at hockey or the best in whatever. And you're like, listen, you have so much more to learn. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, dude, you suck at hockey. How can you even teach me if you don't, if you're not even that good, how do you deal with egos and people not wanting to take advice from you at the beginning? No, that's a very, very good question. Um, but the first thing is when I work with someone, if they're not coachable, I'm not going to do it. Like oh, that's the huge. First thing with coaching is the person has to be willing to be coached. I could be the world's greatest coach, but if you're not willing to get coached, my my coaching and what I say to you will make absolutely no difference. You know, I tell my yeah. client, the coach is only as good as his player. I'm like, you guys make me look good. You guys do the real work. I just sit here and talk and yammer and get you going and inspire you to act. But if you're not willing to listen to what I say, it, it's going to make no difference. Now, and how, now, yeah. someone's willing, like, yeah, I want to be coached and let's go. And then they, and then they, then along the line, there may be barriers. Like, I don't know about that. That's where, like, the tr- see, as a coach, the first couple of sessions, my job is to build trust. Yeah. I get your trust, you get them on your side, you'll do anything. You begin, man, I, guess, I trust this guy. As a coach, I have to have the highest level of integrity. Look, if you're going to get, if you're going to get your brain worked on, you're going to go neurosurgeon. That neurosurgeon's got to have a high level of integrity because there's a lot at stake. They mess up. Yes. You're dead. As a coach, you're giving me your life. You're letting me look into your life. You're going to be vulnerable. And if that's the case, I must have the highest level of integrity. I don't fuck around. I'm not just yeah. like, of course, yeah, I'm going to be a coach. I understand yeah. how important it is for me to be at my best so I can make an impact in your life. And I can like my, like, this isn't arrogant. I'm really good at what I do. I know it because I care about people. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. The, the, the thing that matters to me the most is, is not money. It's my integrity. I, yeah. I, I would not give, and I'm not just, 
This isn't some bullshit statement that I just say, so, you know, it sounds good, say it. No, my integrity matters to me more than anything. Because at the end of the day, I know who I am. And here's the thing. Words have power. Talk's not cheap. We cheapen talk. My words are my superpower. I know how to use my words to penetrate through your brain so that can alter your view of reality. When you have a new view, you take new actions, new actions, new results. Man, I, I, I love that. And one of the reasons why I brought you in <laughs> is because my roommate, ex-roommate, yeah. and one of my best friends, Enrique, he doesn't just recommend <laughs> people. And this guy spoke very <laughs> highly of you. Blush, it turned me purple again, man. Uh, and I'm like, dude, if Enrique went out of his way yeah. to tell me that Gavin should be on this podcast, which hasn't even launched, yeah. uh, I'm like, I have to have this guy on. I'm so happy that that you're here. It all goes back to, to the same, I think, in everything. Comedy, sports, coaching, hus- being a, a husband. It, yeah. It's integrity. It's accountability. And you said something about earning people's trust. And in, in our public speaking and comedy classes, which essentially is communication, we say that relationships move at the speed of vulnerability. Right. And vulnerability builds trust. I think your journey and when you share your journey we were talking about this before the the episode started when you share that you're not just some guy sitting on a high chair in monaco with like 95 ferraris telling people what to do and filming videos like oh no if you do this you're gonna be a millionaire in 72 hours blah blah your journey is touching and and if you can't connect with your clients and you can't get them to trust you it's gonna be a hard battle to get them to take in what you're saying i we were talking about your childhood in uh, before the episode and you said well you were born in england then moved to vancouver at the age of six and you got put down to grade i can remember this day like it happened yesterday okay so I moved to Canada from England, and uh, I remember I'm sitting in grade one doing my math homework, right? And then doing my math homework at my desk, and in the corner of my eye, I see my mom and my principal, Mr. Price, standing at the door. And they, they talk to the teacher, and the teacher gets me, and they're like, oh, you, you, you have to go talk to the principal and your mom. You go to the office. So I walk down to the office. You know when you're a little guy and the, the, the hallways just seem so big and yeah. elementary? It seems like it's like the biggest thing ever. And then you go back there later and you go, oh, it's so small. But, so, <laughs> yeah. So go to the office and sit down. Like, Gavin, you're falling a little bit behind. We're going to put you back. That day, I went from grade one, where you know you have the big kid's desk, you have recess yeah. and lunch, and you're like a big kid, to kindergarten, playing on the ground with toys. In that moment, I made a crucial decision about my life. And this is what I coach a lot of my clients about, because everything arises in language. It's how you and I are communicating. It's how we're connecting. But there's an aspect of language we don't talk about. This is the language we tell ourselves. And in that moment, a six-year-old Gavin had to make meaning of the world. And I was like, I decided, whoa, you must be stupid. Boom. Water's wet. Rocks are hard. And Gavin, you're stupid. It was that real for me. I became stupid. And my whole life. Now, I was put together. I was the nice guy. I was good. I was raised well. The thing what happened was, I, you know, I wasn't horrible in the elementary school and in, in the beginning of high school grades. I was okay. And people used to think I was a smart guy, but I became a fraud because, oh shit, people think I'm smart, but I'm really stupid. What the hell? People are going to catch up to me. What, what's yeah. going on? Right. And I, and, I, and I was in this internal struggle because I had to now fake it. And then I went into high school. I was doing okay. Grade 11 and 12. 
is when something kind of like, it just kind of the pressure just hit me. And I started smoking a lot of weed, a lot of dope, started drinking <laughs> a lot. Um, and then I went to uh, college because you got to go to college, university. I went to college and I just couldn't, I, that's when I, just, I, I just literally thought I was stupid. I got kicked out, bad grades. In a way, you have to be getting in trouble to confirm your story yeah, that you're stupid. Yeah, you, we, see, look, human beings, we're, and I've studied, see, part of my, you know, as a coach, performance coach or mindset conditioning coach is I've studied human beings and, and the, the, the human I've studied the most, this guy. Yeah. And I've read a lot and I'm continually developing myself and getting better. And human beings were designed to be right. So I had to be right yeah. that I was stupid. I had to find yeah. evidence in my reality. And then and then and then I started hanging with some bad dudes and they started selling drugs and getting into some bad stuff. And and it, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I can keep you you might have to slow me down because I just like to talk. <laughs> and um okay. and and it was just like I just was stuck in a rut. I was I it was just so real for me. And then there was a moment in my early 20s. I got, I did a course and I literally, like, it was like a profound moment. I got a human being arises in language. What makes you human is your language. And I got in that moment, there's a moment I'm sitting in this course. And I was like, holy shit, I made that up. When I was six years old, I made up that I was stupid. And was I it start- in landmark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I started, first I started to ball. Okay, because I was like, oh my God. Then the next thing is I couldn't stop laughing because I got the absurdity of it. It was absolutely absurd. Half the bullshit we tell ourselves is absurd, but we buy into the bullshit. My coach is is to help you stop believing into your own bullshit. And not some hooey, fooey, blah, blah, blah attraction stuff I don't, does does law of attraction work i'm not sure that's above my pay grade i like to keep things practical right yeah. and and the, and you can see i had a story if i'm stupid okay so then i created i'm powerful and confident now two objects can't occupy the same space it's, it's physics so in any moment in life now now any moment in life i have to create i'm powerful and confident because stupid's going to come in see the thing is yeah. try to fix themselves you can't my stupid's always there i just have to override it and i'm quicker at it look before it's this that podcast, self-awareness you got that yeah. self-awareness now you know you know before we want to come to this podcast you know what my thoughts are oh my god gab don't say something stupid oh my god what am i gonna do <laughs> nervous right but that's that's right there i think i'm gonna mess this up but now i have the practice the no come on come on baines fuck that are you going to honor that? Or are you going to be powerful and confident? How am I going to sit? How am I going to stand? What am I going to do? What am I going to wear? And then I step into that new story. And that's what I let my client, I help my clients do. We, we take a look at the old bullshit that you bought into. And then we create something new. And then, and then all, the game is have this override this. And this is always yeah. going to come in. Always going to come in. You just got to get quicker at bringing this out. Most people get fucked up as they try to fix themselves can't get fixed you got to override the bullshit cut the crap and be awesome I'm writing a book cut the crap and be awesome so your crap <laughs> then you be awesome and every moment is a choice and it's fun yeah no I, I i love it and 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 the more you talk i know you probably perfected these concepts and 
it's like I'm almost being coached right now, but I can't help think of my landmark journey sure. because to to me it, it was profound to to understand that the story I was telling myself about the facts is not the same. You have the facts, yeah, and then you have the story you tell you tell yourself, and when you can't distinguish what actually happened yep. from the story you're telling yourself and these two collide that is where when pain arises because you you don't know what the fuck is going on yeah. and and having that self-awareness is is key in in everything because that's why i probably created this whole this is my positive room this is yeah, my great. this is the place where i see everything that i've accomplished where i believe it where there's there's no negativity i have my um my goals board yeah, I here. Saw that on your I, Instagram. I, I got cool. a bunch of things. I got my books that that make me in a positive mind frame because it's really, it's really easy to fall into the shitty mindset, and and you, and then it's like a shitty day, another shitty day, another shitty day, and sometimes you have like years of a good momentum, but yeah, some people I see that have a shitty day. Then their dog dies. Then they get evicted. Then they get and, then, and you can't stop it. It's incredible. And, and here's the thing. Look, the thing is, I tell people, you can do as many courses you want, but it doesn't make a difference unless you don't create it in every moment. What makes me an effective coach is I have to create that everything arises in language in every moment, because as soon as I know it, it's concept. It's an idea. I know it. No, no, no. You can't know it. You have to be it. So you, we, we, we can read all our books and this and that. But there's a difference between knowing something and doing something. And human beings, yeah. we're, we're very conceptual. We don't know how to act. See, your personal growth and development will arise in your actions. And what can you give me an example just for the um, ESL immigrant uh, listeners? <laughs> uh, it, it, it arises in language. So are you saying that when I say I am a shitty soccer player, then yeah. I'm actually a shitty soccer player. You will, you will then, I, yeah. Or so what it's do you not, mean? It's not, it's not like, oh, I say it, then it manifests, like like some woo-woo. It's you say it, and then you, then okay, I'm a shitty soccer player, okay? I work with athletes, so I love working with athletes. I'm a shitty soccer player. I'm a shitty soccer player. I'm a shitty soccer player. When you're on the pitch, you relate to yourself as a shitty soccer player. So you're going to take actions consistent with the shitty soccer player. You won't stand up straight. You'll be you'll be scared to go in for that tackle. You'll you won't pass it. You'll be like petrified, right? You won't you won't do what a powerful soccer player does. You feel like I'm a powerful yeah. soccer player. You may mess up, but hey, what am I going to do now? What action am I going to take? See, your story is going to guide your actions, and your actions are your actions make you who you are. Look, it's very simple. If you want to be fit, right, you got to eat healthy, yeah. right? You have to eat healthy. So you know if you yeah. eat donut or sugar, it's going to make your body go weak. Yeah. Mental toughness is you want to be mentally tough, you have to feed your brain strong food, language. I'm shitty, donut. I'm powerful, broccoli. Dude, I 100% agree. And, and how do you make that jump from I, – I, it may be really simple. I don't know, but, but that's why I'm asking. How do you make that jump from – I'm stupid. I got put down a grade. I got start smoking weed in high school. I'm getting in all kinds of trouble, hanging out with the wrong crew, get kicked out of college because I had the like yeah. worst grades or whatever. To seeing this, everything arises in language. 
And now all of a sudden my life is great. Like, but it, it's, it's very hard for a lot of people to make that jump. Maybe it is very simple. No, because people see, see right now you're seeing me. Oh man. How old am I? 37, maybe 10, 15 years later. So you see, we always see people's end goals. We see where they've arrived. You know, you see someone on Instagram and go, wow. Oh my God. Look at them. Yeah. The highlight reel. But you never see how they got there. See, when yeah. I had that, see, look, I couldn't speak in front of a group of people. One time in college, I had to give a presentation. No joke. So I go to the front of the classroom and I start saying random words. No NASA, space, cat, moon. And the professor said, <laughs> have go sit down. Fast forward, maybe seven years later. Yeah. Seven years later, I'm leading transformational seminars to 150 people, to executives. So you name it, right? I'm leading the seminar. How did that happen? Now, did I go from not being able to speak in front of a room to 150 people? No. I I took a, a, a course about how to, you know, be powerful in front of the room. Then I practiced speaking to people, friends I knew. Then I spoke to two people. Then I spoke to three people. Then five. Okay, then, so it's gradual. So it's yeah, gradual. Is it going to the gym? It's mental toughness, okay? So if I went to the gym, someone took me to the gym, and they're like, would I lift 150 pounds right away? No. You lift the five, then the 10, then the 15, then maybe you yeah. go back to the 10. Then you gradually keep working. It's okay to mess up. I tell all my clients, you're going to screw up. It's okay. I want you to. You need to. So don't look Don't look to where you're going to be 10 years. I have a saying. It's called win the day. Just win today. Do your best today. Just whatever today yeah. is, win it. You win today, you win tomorrow, you keep winning the day. And by the way, you're going to lose. Okay. You will lose. No one can win every day. You can't. You can't go 82 and 0. <laughs> you can't. You will lose. 82 and 0 basketball reference for the yeah, non sports or hockey, lovers. Whatever the case is. Oh, wait, hockey is also 82 games? Yeah. No way. I didn't know. Basketball mm -hmm. and hockey, 82 games. Well, you learn something new every day. Okay. So this podcast arose because I am less interested in the result than in the journey yeah and, and and i'm interested in 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 those key moments where there was a point of inflection in your life clearly it was the everything arises in language but to, to some people they just feel they are stuck in a shithole and they and they try and they try they try and do something and they just feel like they're going down is it is it mental positivity is it is it understanding or that yeah. everything arises in language or is it do one thing, one positive thing every day? How can people change their tra tra trajectory because they feel they're going down and that point of inflection is key and you're still going to have losses, but how can you have more wins than losses? Don't stop relating to, you see, as human beings, one of the things that we relate to is our external gives us how we should feel. Like, like meaning like if I have a lot of money, if I'm doing this, if I'm doing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that should, that should value how I am as a human being. No, it yeah. shouldn't. Right. So no, it shouldn't. So yeah. Real power. See, it's easy to have power when everything's great. You know, oh yeah. Woo, yeah 100%. No, you want to know real power? Real power is when life is full of shit. That's when you want power. <laughs> But that's when yeah. you need power, right? When nothing's going your way, that's when you want power because then you can get out of those shitty circumstances. So you want to begin to get, look, shitty things are going to happen. I, it's just going to happen. You can't control some things in life. You just can't. If I was sitting, if we were with each other right now, 
I'd grab a Kleenex and I'd throw it at you. Maybe not in COVID times. It's a bad example. <laughs> and I'd throw it at you. You can control that happened, but you can control your interpretation or how you're going to react to it. So people that are going through shitty circumstances. It's like, you can't make the circumstance wrong. It just, see, it's our language that adds a lot to it. It's just, it, if you could just be with reality, okay, I lost my job, right? It's a shitty circumstance. I lost my fact. Job. fact. Yeah, that's the fact. I lost my job. Okay, now, now, now what do you want to do? Do you want a new job? Are you, is that what you're committed to? Then, then create what you're committed to. I'm committed to a new job. Okay, cool. So now, fact, I lost my job. Yeah, it sucks. Hey, look, if you want to be sad, I tell my clients, put a timer on for five minutes, be sad. Once the timer's off, get over yourself. It's okay to be sad. (laughs) Now, what are you going to do? Now, what? it's very simple, right? See, we want complex answers. Yeah, the Latinos want the telenovelas. They want want the soap opera. Just deal with it. Okay, what happened? I lost my job. You can't change it. You just can't. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to look for jobs? Are you going to, are you going to, maybe you don't want a job, then don't fucking complain. If you want power. Now look, if you don't want power and you want to complain, that's totally cool too. That's yeah, your that's fine. But you're going to get that quality of life. This is physics. This is like, you can't, you can't, I can't argue gravity. Okay. So if you want to, if you want to bitch and complain, your quality of life is going to be consistent with bitching and complaining. Now, if you want a, power, <laughs> yeah. if you want a powerful life, take actions. Now it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated. Why I love soccer, by the way, football, yeah, soccer is it's a it's an environment for me to 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 be to have my emotions. I tell people, yeah, when, when I soccer, my my logical brain turns off. Yeah, I just scream, I yell, and then once it's over, I'm, my container is done. I can be like, okay, cool, yeah. I'll let that kind of you know, like yeah. I see people, and I kind of used to be like that. I was never like a diehard. So as a kid, there was this thing in Costa Rica. La Liga is a team, and Saprisa was the other team, like the Barcelona and Real Madrid. And I was the only Liga fan in my school, in my grade. And Saprisa used to win all the time back in the 90s, early 90s. And it used to haunt me because... I was in a bad mood. I was I was sad. I was scared that everyone was going to bug me at school. And then it happened with Barcelona when they were losing. I was never like it would really mess up my day or I would scream yeah. or I would cry. But it would kind of get me angry. Mm. And now I, I get angry throughout the game. And I'm like, okay, well, this has nothing. It's, it's 22 players across exactly. the world that don't give a fuck about who I am. They don't even know I yeah, exist. Yeah. Nor should I. I mean, it's super entertaining, but it should not affect the way I, I, I relate to my son, my wife. It should not have any impact on whether I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make my day, to, to win my day. And, and I'm glad that you pointed that out because the thing that I wanted to ask you is that logical mind and that mental toughness that you have, <laughs> has, it, has it affected you in a way where it's hard for you to be spontaneous or romantic with your wife or, or do you also have that very human side of you? What I'm trying to say is like when everything is what it is. Yeah, no, I have you be romantic. Look, I'm, I'm not some like, I have, I get, I get frustrated, <laughs> I but I don't, I don't dwell in it too long. I have to practice yeah. dwelling in it. 
I get pissed off. I get mad. I'm like, why the hell did this happen? What the hell's happened? Oh my God. Da, da, da. Then I, then, but I don't let myself stay in that state too long. This isn't about, I'm just some Zen dude. Like, no, I'm, I'm literally like everyone else, right? Like I joke, like if you, if you cut open my brain, you'd see a six pack because I'm mentally tough, but don't lift up my shirt. But I just, <laughs> it's just literally like going to the gym. The more you go to the gym, the stronger you're going to get. And the yeah. muscle is to be okay. And you know, about being romantic and all that. Yeah. That's creation. See, when you can be with life the way it's, they, the way it is, and the way it's not, then you can create. Then you can use your words and language to create the, lo- the life that you want, what's important to you. I love that. On your Instagram, I, know, I saw a post that said how positivity impacts your mental toughness. Yeah. And I'm really curious your, uh, your thoughts on is it, positive, is it possible to be too positive to the point that you're almost blind to whatever is happening? Well, that's, um, that's not positive. That's, that's, I wouldn't say that's positive. Positivity is like, yeah, everything's good. You're not faking it. You're not like, you, you have to be so in reality with what's happening. You're not tricking yourself. You can't impact life if you're not with way, the way it really is. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to make a million dollars by five in five days. No, that's not going to come on. You could, obviously anything's possible, but you got to get in reality. Something could happen. There's like the miracles. That's, like I said, that's above my pay grade. I don't know how the law of attraction, that's a, does it work? I don't know, maybe, but I don't, I don't know. But you have to be, being positive isn't just like you're like, hey, you know, that's, you don't want to be fake about it. You know, walk yeah, around, yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's great. Like, if I was sitting here and I was like, hey, be positive. You can do anything you want. You'd be like, dude, you're a bullshitter, man. Yeah, yeah, right? 100%. Be real. Being, being positive means, and maybe that word's been used too much, but like, I like to surround myself with high attractors, things that make me feel good so that I can attack. I woke up, today I woke up, I got, fuck, man, another day. Like, that's just, that's your, that's kind of like the condition of being a human. You don't wake up, like, let's go. But then I have to like, slowly then get over myself and generate and do okay now what am i gonna do let's go right that's why yeah. in my room, like you said about your room my room i got books that inspire me there's a picture of me and michelle my little guy at anfield us in cancun like things that uplift me but I, like if you saw me on the street most people like when they look at my face my normal face <laughs> you're angry, you're like scared of me yeah. <laughs> you're me that's just my normal face inside i'm like chill and peaceful right i'm not like <laughs> yeah it's not about faking. Exactly. Does that make sense? I, I wanted to ask you that because maybe you've done the you've done have you done the Gallup report on your strengths or no. have you heard of it? No. Okay, so there's this there's this test. So there's this test on and, and I love these things because uh, they're based on science and it, it and it contributes to my self awareness. So one of my yeah. it gives you your top five strengths out of about thirty four or thirty six strengths that everyone has, but I think it's just important to know your top strengths because from what I've read and, and maybe you can chime in, I think the people that have accomplished extraordinary things have done them by capitalizing on their biggest strengths and not dwelling or, or trying to mitigate their biggest weaknesses. In that way, one of my top strengths from the Gallup report, apart from communication and, and other things was positivity. I'm not a guy. I mean, maybe some people would say that I'm always smiling and, and, uh, and making people laugh or whatever. And but everyone sees me as a kind of glass half full kind of guy, and yeah. I just don't I just don't know where 
or how I manifest it or how the people can see it in me. But I do think that my life is going to be incredible. Like I think my life is incredible. And I've always, in, in one way or another, I think I've made every environment like a fun place. I, I always adapt in some ways, but I don't really know how to touch that positivity or what positive people say or how positive people um, act or there's some patterns. Yeah, well, it's part of like you, no matter, see, no matter the situation that comes, see, being positive and happy in life is not, like I said before, it's not your external, like things can come at you, but if you can reorient and interpret that event newly in a powerful way, you have power. It's positivity. Look at something. Yeah. Look, it's the glass half full, the glass half empty. What do you look at it? What way you look at it? It's your choice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all how you see the event and you get to say how you see the event. But you have to you have to generate it and you have to not just be like on be on autopilot. You have to be like, okay, how many look, I just lost my job. Okay, cool. See, two people lose their jobs. One person's like, Oh man, life sucks. Why does this happen to me? The other person's like, Oh, you know what? That sucks. But you know what? I want a new chapter in life. <laughs> what can I see? Yeah. yeah just just a quick time. example. And I'm saying this very respectfully to all yeah. the people who have lost loved ones and because this covid thing is is yeah. real and it's it's yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. tragic or yeah. to many people but when this whole thing happened i was happy and so looking forward to having time with myself to reading books being with my wife being at home being able to see my kid grow up not having to tour a lot or not having to to leave to teach at nights um, my wife was here during mat leave. We didn't have family because it's just, no, we don't have family here. Secretly want this whole thing. Not that I don't want any casualties, obviously. I know. I understand what I, you're saying. I want to be here for another four months and just read, be with Liam, be with my wife, be with myself, plan, create, learn, uh, journal. You're at the source of your experience of life, my man. It's power. That, see, that's what real power is. See, you just demonstrated real power. Shitty circumstance, quote unquote. But like, no, no, no. I'm going to reorient this and how I map it, my mental map. I'm going to map, oh, you know, I could spend more time with my kids. I could, so you can always find something powerful in any situation. You don't have to. You really don't. You can do whatever the fuck you want. It's your choice. It's your life. <laughs> but be clear, based on how you act, there's a counter. There, this, the, that's how you're going to, what's going to come back to you. It's your choice. If you want to be shitty, be shitty. No problem. Don't hang around. Yeah. <laughs> I read this this book that I've been wanting to read a lot. It's called The Artist's Way. I've mentioned it a lot in the previous episodes. And it, it says that, well, one of the things that you should do is two things. So two things are mandatory you know, that, that the book argue, uh, recommends. And it's basically a spiritual way to hire creativity. And it tells you that to have a, an artist date with yourself every week where you take two hours you don't share with your wife, with your best friend, with your kids. Not, it's just for you. You go to a museum. You go to watch a soccer game. You go whatever you want to do. It, you just It's your time. And then every day you have to journal three pages, whatever happens in the morning. And it, man, it was just a master class on self-awareness about myself. And the book asks you a bunch of questions. It's 12 weeks and there's questions at the end of the chapter and it, it, you have to do it per week. Through it, it asks you what you love and, and things. It, it reconnects you with your with yourself. To me, this the podcast was born through yeah. the journaling. 
I, I rediscovered that I love interviewing people. I love having vulnerable conversations. I realized that there's not a lot of spaces outside of interviewing maybe where you can have vulnerable conversations and, and be, well, maybe this is just a belief or a story that I'm telling myself, but I don't, I haven't had the opportunity to have real honest conversation. I mean, if you're having a beer and watching the Barcelona game, you don't, you don't want to talk about how your dad left you or your mom left. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. weird. Like there's not a lot of scenarios yeah. or maybe somebody was abused as a kid or I don't know. So in this format, to me, this is what I wanted and it energizes me and I love it. And then the Kanban board, it, it was just a, a creep. I was journaling about, I didn't know what it would look like. I came up with it and through weeks of just journaling about different things, this thing came up and my wife helped me visualize it and put it down. And now, man, like tens of people have copied it through Instagram and they tagged me and it's incredible. Going So just going back to, to what you create for yourself and that positivity, I lost my job. Well, I'm self-employed and I'm still going to, I'm still, I'm going to be a comedian forever and teach public yeah, speaking. Yeah. But I wasn't teaching in person. We launched the online classes only like a, a month after, but for a while we were unemployed and had nothing. We didn't know if we would have government support. And I'm like, well, listen, I have a line of credit. I am super excited to be here. I have a, a healthy child. I can run outside every day. This is all I need. My family is healthy. I'm great. And in comparison, I have a lot of friends or some friends who are making five times, maybe 10 times of what I do and yep. even more successful in the eyes of, of like in the industry of comedy or whatever. They had a lot of savings and they were miserable. Like they had been just shot in the back 10 times ah, what am I, and I'm like, dude, just, this is the time to do whatever you love. And I think it was a, a, a hard look for a lot of people because they would numb themselves at work for months, years, yeah. and never had time with themselves, never asked themselves, how am I doing with my family? How am I doing in relationships, in my physical, in my spiritual life? And now they had to take a hard look at themselves, not having this area to numb themselves out. And it, meanwhile. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I was just so happy to be able to to continue to invest in myself. Great. And, and I'm just happy that it happened. I'm curious, what was your experience throughout the pandemic? I, I enjoy, like like I said, like I took it seriously. I do take it seriously. I wear masks and, and, and all that. But like we have the pandemic. This is reality. Okay. So back to reality. What's reality? There's a pandemic and there's certain things we can and can't do reality now i get to choose how i want to interpret that reality and like you said like i got a little guy he's three years old we've, we, we're expecting you in any minute now oh and, congrats yeah and it's like you know what it's time i get to spend more time with my family and like honestly my business has picked up because it's like i'm doing more zoom calls zoom is like everyone's like yeah we can zoom now it's becoming more appropriate so i have a lot of coaching clients over zoom I practice getting better with my coaching over Zoom. I prefer Zoom better now because I've I saw how can I get become a better coach over Zoom. So that became better. It's 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 really it's a really cool time to kind of like you said, this brilliantly said, stop and reflect, right? Yeah. So I have a choice. Do you want to make this situation wrong and it shouldn't be this way? Too bad. It doesn't give it doesn't matter what I <laughs> value doesn't give a shit about what you think. It's not gonna change it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's real. Real power is having power in the face of shitty circumstances. No one can fuck with you anymore. You're, you're, no one <laughs> There's a book that I've been wanting to read for the longest time. Maybe you've read it, but I, it's just been 
I have so many books that I want to read yeah. that I now I have to take it one by one because yeah, then I yeah, end yeah. up reading six and not finish any of them. Yeah. It's by Viktor Frankl. And yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. Man's, he, man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. yeah he I heard. Yeah, so good. I, I heard that he's in a concentration camp in yeah. Nazi Germany or, or Austria or whatever. Even though he's in the face of death and he's in a concentration camp, he conditions himself to not be impacted by, like, nothing external can defeat the internal. And, yeah, they can't take I'll, that away from him. They can't take away his goddamn interpretation and, and who he thinks he is and, and how he interprets events. No one can fuck with you. They can't. <laughs> look, look, I when I got how powerful I was, like, and what I could do, I swear to God, if I can do it, and this isn't just like something. If you could see who I was before, the people who watch this podcast, you literally can have power. Now, I'm not saying you can be a millionaire. Not and not everyone's gonna be a millionaire. Not everyone's gonna be rich. That's just a reality. But you can have power in the face of any circumstance. That's real power. Then you can create yeah. those things that you love. You can't. People can't mess with you. Whenever you mention money, I I um I've been noticing over the last year or so. Yeah. That. When I made the decision to quit my bank, my lucrative bank job, as I like to call it, three years ago, to do stand-up comedy, to pursue my professional career in comedy and speaking, yeah. I had no, no idea where I was going. But I knew that that this was the right decision at the time, and I was just going to make the best out of it. And in Canada, what's the worst thing that can happen? You take a job at Tim Hortons. Exactly. Or in a year from now. Exactly. Yeah. I go back to the bank in a year or whatever. I gave myself a year. One thing that I've noticed over, over this time is that in one, in one way or another, I made the decision that money does not equal happiness. Yeah. And I, I made the decision. I also decided in my mind as a, as a consequence that money was bad. So in my mind, and I, I still have to like focus to not believe this, but I'm like, oh, people who have a lot of money, automatically miserable. I know so many people who are millionaires and they hate their fucking lives. So I already decided that if I have money, I'm going to be miserable. Yeah. So I have to make like really concentrate yeah. to, think, to think, hey, no, I, I can be a good husband, father, businessman, friend, coach, comedian, and be wealthy in many different ways, including a financial aspect. Exactly. I don't have to be miserable if I'm rich. Money, money. When I say money is not everything, but now would it be cool to have a lot of money? Yeah, money's great, but don't have it be the <laughs> only thing. I want to make a lot of money, not because I have to, but because I can. See, that's creation. Yeah. If you think you need to, oh my God, I need to make money. No, no, no. You're not creating, but you can make money because you want to. Now, if you're making money because you think it's going to make you happy and you think it's going to fix you, you no, you can, but good, good luck. But if you want to make money because you're perfect, everything's fine, and you can as a creation, totally different story. Money's cool. Money's great. I could, I'd like to go to Anfield and watch Liverpool play, right? Because I had yeah. money. But you have, to cre- you, have to, you have to create money because you want to. No other reason. As you speak, I don't know, but your tone of voice reminds me of Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> for some reason. I get, that like, or, yeah. I get that or Aziz and sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even more, even more. That's true. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld goes, yeah. And I, I love, I love when you do that. Now I want to ask you. You said you have a three-year-old boy. Yeah. And I have a nine-month-old boy. Yeah. 
I've I've also noticed in my self awareness journey, as I like to call it, that my mood varies if I feel like I lost the day in terms of productivity. And I I used to get very fucking pissed. Yeah. And super like if I I used to have like a morning tradition, morning routine ritual in the morning where I would get up at five forty five. It all went to shit when Liam was born because of the no sleeping and everything. And now I'm more relaxed and. And, and, and balance in a way, but I used to get up at 5.45 and I loved it. I used to meditate, journal, drink water, exercise. I had a really productive life before 8 a.m., which I really valued. But if I did one thing that, that maybe I got up 15 minutes later and would just fuck up my whole morning, I'd be in a bad mood the whole fucking day. And, and um, now with a baby, you just know that there's it's very hard to have that type of balance or I mean, or you could just leave that to your wife and see her suffer, but that's not, that's not what I do. So my, my question is with your kid and upcoming uh, new, new kid, uh, congrats. How has this impacted your personality or your productivity? And has it made you more empathetic? Has it made you more patient or has it shifted nothing of your beliefs? No, no, before? It shaped, look, if it's shifted nothing, don't ever hire me as a coach straight up. Like, <laughs> Look, by the way, I think everyone should have a coach. You should do a coach that resonates with you, right? But, like, don't ever, like, it has. Like, he, his name's Bodhi, and he's the coolest. Like, I learned so much from the guy. Like, I have to, look, when you're a parent, you learn as you go, right? You literally yeah. learn as you go. So I reflect. I do a lot of reflection. Like, okay, what worked? Did I, I should have said that to him. I shouldn't. Then the next day, I'm constantly, because I know everything arises in language. We There's certain shows we let him. Pretty much the only thing we have on TV is uh, is sports and music. Because I know his brains get impacted by the language he's around. So I surround him with powerful language. With a kid, it's taught me to like, you can, you should definitely plan and schedule and all that. But you have to let go. Right? Yeah. Things he, cry, he is my most important. The most important thing is for me to be a father. Father, everything else. And I've just learned to like, just be in life. Like I, I, I practice, look. If you want, you know, everyone's like, you want to be in the now, you want to be in the now, spend time with a three-year-old or two-year-old. On purpose, I practice going to his level and just looking in his eyes and like kind of discovering the world through him. They're just so cute. Just the things they say and like, hey, Dada, like he's just like, and the more I can kind of like have him teach me things about being present and being in life. And then obviously as a father, I have to teach him discipline and things, which I do, but he's just taught me to kind of just like the importance of life. And like, look, he's only going to be a three-year-old and however many days today, then he's done. Then he's the next day. Then he's the next day. So I'm really enjoying and appreciating every single moment I have with him. That's what he's taught me. Our brain is designed for survival. So if the brain can't predict the future, it's like, Oh my God, overthinking. So you have to override the amygdala, the survival mechanism of the brain, and get in the moment and present. One one thing that I've that I've uh, heard is that humans are horrible at predicting the future, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you're you're might as you might as well try and 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 win the day and yeah. try not to worry about what's going to happen. And notice when it predicts, it, it's going to predict it. Okay. So the key is your mind will try to predict it. See, human beings, what makes us different than other animals? We have awareness. We're aware of our awareness. So you can be like, oh, wow, I'm trying to predict the future. In that moment, oh, <laughs> that moment, boom. Oh, wow. Look, I tell people, you want to be a powerful listener? How you be a powerful listener is you get, you don't listen. In the moment, whoa, I'm not listening. Boom, you listen. Oh, I didn't hear that. Boom. And you keep bringing yourself back. And it's an ongoing practice. 
you got to keep practicing this stuff. Too bad. That's just the way it is. If you want a powerful yeah. life, then you die. But that's just the game. <laughs> I've noticed with my kid, uh, it's also given me like different emotions. Yep. Some that I, I like, obviously, many or all of them that I didn't know that I was going to have. One thing that I've noticed is that I'm comparing myself to my dad. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm constantly thinking about my dad. Will I be a, like a good dad? Will I be a bad dad? And, 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 um, my, I, I was able to go to boarding school. My, my dad and, and my family gave me a, the opportunity to go to a boarding school in Quebec, which I absolutely love. I spent there three years right. in, in small town, Lenoxville, Quebec, near Bishop's University. It's called Bishop's College School and it's ex- super expensive. And here I am quitting my job three years ago. My income went down 70% the first year that I quit my job. Obviously, it's come stably coming up, but I'm like, fuck, I really want Liam to go to boarding school. And if I don't have the money to, to, to send Liam to boarding school when he's of age, does that make me a bad father? So these little things I have to fucking concentrate to, to yeah. not tell myself that story. Or for example, we don't have a car. We've never had a car. I do have yeah. a G license or whatever, but now Liam's going to go to daycare. And it's super expensive. I'm like, fuck, we also have to buy a car to drive in there. I'm like, if I do take my kid in public transit to the daycare or whatever, hey. does that make me a bad? I'm like, do I, I don't even have the money to buy a fucking car. And in, hey. in my mind, I'm like, I have to concentrate. Like, Liam doesn't even fucking care. It has no yeah. correlation whatsoever to being a bad or, or a good. It just means you either have a car or you don't. Yeah, and, and, you're, and your brain's trying to predict the future. Like, do I have it? Yeah. Like, it doesn't even happen. And it, and our brain, it's just the, it's just what the mind does as scenarios. And that happens, and that happens, and that. Oh my god! Blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh my god! And then you start interacting with your future. Yeah, and it gives you emotions, and then and then you're in that state, and you start acting from that state, and then it kind of perpetuates and it becomes. Just opposed to okay, what am I going to do right now? So what do you do when you? Obviously, self awareness plays in, but once you have that self awareness, where you're having a pretty bad day. And you're like, okay, Gavin, chill the fuck out. Your mind is playing tricks. You're thinking that you're stupid again. You're back yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in putting down a grade. And when you have, when you feel like you had a couple of hours or a couple of days of, of uh, bad momentum physically or some, what do you do? I have a, a letter to myself that I read myself every morning and I say it out loud. But what do you do? Well, I, I like to uh, a couple of things: put on a good music, read a good book put on something inspiring, talk to my wife, talk to a coach, look at myself in the mirror and just get the fuck over yourself, man. Like or exercise helps. Exercise really helps. Yeah. It really helps. If you're having a bad day, just go do something. Do anything to get you out of that state into a high state, anything like that. And, and then you'll, you, and then the, the key thing is to begin to notice your flags, begin to notice the things that are going to trigger you. Yeah. Right? Like there's certain things in your environment that are going to trigger you. To me, it's Instagram. One of the things that triggers me is it's like, I'll go into Instagram, let's call it a mood eight out of 10. Yep. And I never come out a nine yep. or 10 out of 10. I, it's always like a seven or a four or a then two. You know, so I had to un, unfollow a bunch of people that I know trigger this in me or stop looking at their material or their stories, whatever it is. I just go in, post, do whatever my thing and, and in and out. I check in and out. It's important to have that self-awareness. And uh, another thing that I do is I leave my phone out of the bedroom when I, I'm sleeping or really all the time. I don't touch my phone from 10 p.m. to 9 a.m., sometimes for longer. Those little things, I, I find that 
that protect me from getting in a bad mood. Yeah, and that's it's creating practices for yourself that you know that look, you, look are you going to get in a bad mood? Yeah, there's things that are going to piss you off. That's fine. It's not about being perfect, but it's just knowing how long do you want to stay in that bad mood? Because when you're in a bad mood and then you act from that bad mood, you're going to get results consistent with that type of behavior, right? Quick, if I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, oh, and I speak to my son this way or my wife this way, now it's going to perpetuate it and, and give me that. Now, am I willing to have that? Do I want that? Now, some days it's harder. Some days it's easier. It's okay. It's okay. But just, it's just, and you kind of got to give yourself a little bit of compassion to be okay with messing up and failing. And then, oh, wow, that triggered me. Or I can do this. I can do that. Life's just a journey of growth. There's nowhere to get. You're never going to make it. You're never going to make <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> that's that's so true dude this has been a a master class oh. of everything i feel like uh i feel like i was coached for the last no, it's hour not, you know coaching I, the word's so like you know even as a coach i don't even it's just a word too i just like to inspire people my job as a coach or or mental conditioning coach or whatever you want me to call me is to give you the confidence to believe in yourself. I tell all my clients, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just pulling it out of you. Yeah. One of the reasons why I have a coach or many coaches in different, it's because of that accountability aspect. That's so right. so you, you pull those things, your self-awareness tool as well. But even when I don't believe in myself or I don't want to do things, that added layer of having to see you on a weekly totally. or bi-weekly or monthly basis yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like i've better because we agreed like i'm gavin yeah. i'm gonna do this and you're like okay you said you were gonna do this and i yeah. said yeah I'll, I'll do this and i'll have to come back and, and and be like i didn't do this so you're gonna be like dude you said you were gonna do this why didn't you do the thing that you said that you were gonna do and yeah. i think that we're not superhumans we're not like transformers so i think that added layer will just get you to the next level consistently versus you not having anyone. 100%. So we could talk for eight hours, <laughs> but but I have to ask you a question, the champagne question, which is a tradition in this podcast to say goodbye. And it's the champagne question. So it goes like this. If we were to meet a year from now with a bottle of champagne, what are we celebrating in Gavin's life? Okay, it have to be non-alcoholic because I'm a drinker. So if okay, good, no non-alcoholic. <laughs> fake. What would we celebrating in a year? In your life, a, I like that question. Uh, you know what? We're celebrating that I've um, one of my um, goals in life, and I love I love sports. Like I absolutely love sports, and I love coaching. So we're celebrating that I've just hired someone. Just hired me to be their mindset coach and they're a professional athlete. So they're either from the NHL, NBA, Premier League, some high league, and they've hired me to coach them in their mental toughness. Oh, I love that, man. So if anyone I else absolutely... here, if anyone on this podcast that is an athlete, <laughs> athlete that wants to speak to a, a really good mental coach, give my contact. Man, that is incredible. I do think we have some high-performance athletes listening to this. So go. now you know. Contact the unbreakable, the unmistakable, the highly capable. Gavin Baines, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, man, thank you. Gracias por escuchar el Stefan Dyer podcast. Arrivederci, my people.